0: Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world, the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello everybody, welcome to Corner of the Galaxy
1: on cornerofthegalaxy.com, coming to you live from COG Studios on Thursday, June 6th, in the midst of the international break for the LA Galaxy, coming off of a 2-1 loss to the New England Revolution. I'm going to talk a little bit about that and get you rocking and rolling through that as well. Some rumors have been popping up, lots of LA Galaxy news as well, as everything sort of shapes up and gets formed for that Wednesday, June 12th. U.S. Open Cup that is coming against OCFC, so an Open Cup game in the midst of the international break. We can handle that, no problems, that's something we can talk about, uh, but lots of uh, lots of interesting things to talk about. Certainly rumors are, are sort of the big one, or at least there's one rumor out there that has everybody frothing at the mouth. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, in case I haven't said that. Uh, welcome to Corner of the Galaxy Studios, a little solo show for you in the uh, in the middle of an off week. Uh, I have family visiting. Usually whenever I get really stressed out, I end up doing a solo show because I don't have to think about other things and... I can control this one little part of it, so with uh, family in town and, uh, and doing all that, and I went to Legoland, I know you're all really excited to know about my Legoland trip, uh, but if I went to Legoland um, on Tuesday, uh, got lucky enough to be there when all the elementary schools in and around Carlsbad were also going to Legoland, so that was fun, enjoyed that immensely, good times. Um, But got through that, and now we're here on Thursday. The LA Galaxy in the middle of a four-day off break. So players did not have to train, did not have to report after the loss to New England. Um, And basically, they'll be back on Friday. So as we're going forward, um, we're looking at now uh, the Galaxy starting to train on Friday. And we'll go over that entire sort of uh, schedule that the Galaxy have leading up to that Wednesday midweek Track and field stadium game, U.S. Open Cup. So we're going to talk about that as well towards the end and how uh, being if you're a season ticket holder and you listen to this podcast or if you're not a season ticket holder and you're looking for tickets, uh, season ticket holders, you got your tickets for free. That's right. You got them for free. If you're not going to use them, give them to somebody else. And we're going to talk about Jamie. Uh, She saw an issue with that, saying that season ticket holders don't often use those tickets, and she has taken it upon herself to redistribute the free tickets. So if you send them to Jamie, and I'll give you a a contact for her and sort of how to do that. Although I don't know if she's looking for some help or not. She's already redistributed over about 40 or 45 tickets uh, whenever it comes in, and there are people still on her waiting list who want to go. So she's keeping track of this. She's doing a great job. So again, if you're looking for us open cup tickets I'll, I'll somehow try to help you out there and we'll try to get i guess as many people as as jamie's sort of thing is to get as many people there as possible and why not it's track and field stadium zlatan could play at the track and field stadium i don't know if everybody realizes this that could actually happen uh we'll talk about it a little bit more but let's talk first about something that's a little unpleasant uh, the LA Galaxy losing 2-1 to in New England. Yeah, it was a long time ago. It seems like a long time ago, last Sunday. Sunday night, 7.30 p.m. If you walked into uh, Dignity Health Sports Park, you immediately noticed that the field was messed up. Uh, north side was particularly bad. Uh, remember, they had Wango Tango. Eric and I talked about it last Thursday. They had Wango Tango there. Um bunch of some of my favorite bands, and I know you think I'm joking. I'm really not joking. Um, we're there. Uh, the stage was set on that north side, and so it, it did. It damaged the field a little bit. Was it horrible? No. Did it look worse than it was? Yes, Absolutely. Uh, But, there were some issues there, absolutely you could see it, the ball bouncing a little bit strange, Uh, just the way it looked on TV was not exactly what you wanted to see, Um, but, you know, overall I think everything was okay, but really, I mean, looking at scheduling and doing that in less than 24 hours, was that really the... was that really the best use of everything I mean I am I, all for maximizing an asset the LA Galaxy have an asset AEG has an asset with dignity health sports park they have a stadium they have a tennis stadium they have that whole complex there that is all run by AEG you need to maximize that as much as you can but is holding that concert there 24 hours before a game you know the best use of that you could see it um, so anyway so the initial if you walked in you saw that and you said oh you know not great there was a, a strip basically where the aisle had been um, where the aisle had been that goes right down the center of the field basically from uh, one goal to the other goal running north to south and, and that north side was where the stage was that's the Victoria Street side so you saw that as well um, so you you can see that you can you can you can you visually see that when you walk in and it's just not the best thing it's not football lines all right there aren't gridiron lines out there it's not something that's horrible like that but still uh, for me looking at it and seeing it eh, it wasn't great. Um, It didn't play great. It didn't play perfect, which is how that field normally plays, and anything that's less than perfect is not perfect, and that's a problem. Um, so anyway, it was Pride Night as well on Sunday, uh, and if you haven't, head on over to Corner of the Galaxy, uh, and you can you can see my article where um, I ended up talking to uh, Vanessa Alexander and John uh, Reinsdorf, I believe is his last name, uh, and it was a funny little thing. I was walking by, and somebody said, hey, Josh, did you see the rainbow nets? And I'm like, oh, those are kind of cool. I'm like, did you, did you buy those nets? And they're like, no, 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 you can't buy those nets said you can't buy rainbow nets what and and vanessa was telling me she's like well you can but you have to order like 35 of them she goes i didn't i didn't need 35 of them i don't need a custom order i needed two i needed two 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 nets and i was like well then how did you get these nets she's like well it took about you know 72 cans of spray paint i said wait a minute it takes 72 cans of spray paint. i need to hear about this and she said talk to john john led me through the very nuanced way in which they actually made those rainbow nets and not only that the update to that story that isn't on the website that I'll say that I'll send uh, that I'll send sort of everybody for you know in, in this way this is this is the exclusive you read the article now you get to hear the follow-up um, I've been told that other teams are now looking at bo- borrowing those nets so it's kind of cool it's just an interesting thing it was something I didn't expect it wasn't a story I, I needed to write um, but it was an interesting conversation that we had and it was great and I also love that pride night you had Robbie Rogers taking part in it as well he was down on the field with coin flip I saw him uh, around and saw some pictures with some people taking some pictures with him so that was all good as well so it was really uh it was really interesting to to sort of see that I will say this the downside um downside on pride night the 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 bad part of pride night um the homophobic chant somehow reared its ugly head once again Uh, I, I think that this is now twice in a row so two years in a row on pride night we've had that particular chant at the stadium I heard it I specifically heard it, whether it was just on my side of the stadium where I sit in the press box um, or whether it was loud enough for other people to hear. I've certainly been told other people heard it. Um, It was loud enough that the LA Galaxy PA announcer, Michael Araujo, you know, issued the the we don't do that chant speech that he does uh, during the middle of the game in the second half. So it was there. I'll tell you, the, the the one bright spot about all that was sort of the response that I think happened. I had a bunch of people contact me, either DM or, or email, and tell me where they heard it from and how that happened. So I was able to pass some of that along to the LA Galaxy um, in hopes of that. I, I think the first thing you need to do if you're in these situations is educate, educate, educate. If people around you are doing it, educate them, tell them you know it doesn't happen at this particular stadium anymore, which I see people doing now, which is not what it was whenever it first was. So that's that's a good thing. And then if it doesn't get fixed, then you report it. It's that simple. Um, I know I heard it. I knew what we were saying. That's what it was. And that's what we're going for. So that is where we uh, we once again land with that specific chant. It seems like it's almost out of here. It seems like it's very sparse and very isolated now, which is, which is pretty good. Now let's get to the game. Uh, the LA Galaxy roll out a lineup that featured Dan Starras at right back, and already my spidey sense went up and said, love me some Dan Starras, have loved me some Dan Starras for this entire year. But don't play Dan Starras at right back. Please, God, don't play Dan Starras at right back. But It's just, it's not his position. Um, And having said that, I think he was okay there. Um, But I didn't like the back line lineup. You know, Shelvick was fine. Polenta and Gonzalez, that's fine. Starras out at right. Listen, the Galaxy didn't have a right back, right? Felcher was injured, um you don't have anybody um you, you didn't have uh, Arajo, who is still away with U20s you the US U20s now in the quarterfinals um of the U20 World Cup so that's big news there um but Arajo's not back yet so you still didn't have him you didn't have a right back there was nobody really to fill in there but still I think I would rather put Gonzalez out on the right-hand side or I would move Polenta even out on the right-hand side even though he was just on the left-hand side I would do something rather than put um, you know, Dan Starr is on that right-hand side. Here's here's the big reason for that is you're asking your outside backs and Dan Stares and Jorgen Shelby. You're asking them in a Guillermo Barros Schelotto right now as he's operating the galaxy. You're asking those outside backs to create your offense. All right, you're asking those guys to get up the field and to put crosses in. And in this particular game, there are 26 crosses. By the way, if you noticed anything about these crosses, they probably looked a lot different than some of the crosses you've seen earlier in the year. A lot on the ground. All right, There has been an adjustment. You can see that specifically. There has been an adjustment to play crosses on the ground. Uh, some of those had some, some, some bright moments there. Um, you had Fabio Alvarez who hit a shot uh, that just clipped off the very top of the crossbar um, that probably could have scored in this game. And that was a cross, a low cross from Dan Stairs coming down on the right side, right-hand side. Um, I, I like Dan Stairs. Just keep him in the center of the field. Um, I don't think that that's his best position. I think it hurts the LA Galaxy going forward. I just I just don't think that that's a, a great position to put him in, put somebody else in. And now again, this is all Stairs' fault, by the way. He's forcing Guillermo Barros to play him because he has been very, very good for the LA Galaxy. Um and so I could have I would have been much happier with Gonzalez out there on the right. I think Starres does better in the center. I think the Gonzalez polenta pairing in the center wasn't great. I think that they allowed a lot of space between them. That being said, the defense did not cause the problems that most of the problems that the Galaxy had on uh on, on this Sunday night. Uh the midfield was so detached from both the forwards, um, the offensive side and the defensive side, there were huge gaps in there. Um, and so you could see that pretty, pretty immediately. I think Jonathan Dos Santos had one of his poor games of the of the season. Um, Joe Corona actually had one of his better games of the season, which is completely lost in all of this. I think he had seven tackles on the night. But when you're asking Joe Corona to make that many tackles, something's wrong. There's space in there. Um, and you can't get too far away from this to understand that Sebastian Legette played 10 minutes of this game and then had to come out. Uh, injured in the eighth minute, and whether or not that was a field issue, I don't think it was, but a left hamstring now, and a left hamstring that has kept him away from the U.S. national team and the Gold Cup call-up, Sebastian Legette now stays firmly with the LA Galaxy during this break um, until they get back to MLS play in you know June 22nd, but he will be available for the Galaxy depending on how severe that left hamstring injury is. We don't know. Uh, we know it's enough that Greg Berhalter decided not to put him on the national team, which is why we talk about that. Um, but we don't know how severe that was. But that brought Chris Pontius into this game in the tenth minute. Great. That's a, that's a, that's not a horrible thing. I think Chris Pontius is more of a winger there. Um, and if you looked at later on in the game, um, I I feel like you you see that you can you can see sort of the addition of Chris Pontius and his movement up top with Zlatan Ibrahimovic is not a horrible thing. Um, that's a smart guy up there. Uh, there's a question later on that we'll answer about Chris and so why he's not starting more. I think he should start more, especially if Legette's injured. He's the obvious answer in there. Uh, he's more of a winger. He's more of a forward. He's more of a scoring guy. But moving him up next to Zlatan Ibrahimovic, which I'm usually opposed to. Uh, I'm usually opposed to having, you know, two forwards up there with Zlatan. I don't think it works great. I mean, Ola Kamara didn't play up there in that spot either. He sort of played, a, you know, a recessed version of a winger out there. Um, but he scored a ton of goals from that position. So, you know, maybe it's time I rethink that a little bit more in terms of how it is. I mean, if you looked at how MLS had them lining up, you had Zlatan Ibrahimovic, um, you know, sort of playing the nine. You had Antuna supposedly playing up top with him. And Tuna got replaced at halftime, Um We were told that's tactical. I'll tell you that in the locker room afterwards, um, Antuna was still holding his, I believe his left shoulder, um, that he injured in the Sporting Kansas City game, um, and that he also, again, re-injured, it looks like, in this game against New England. So you have that as well. Um, so you, you saw that. So he gets exit. I mean, you know, you bring in Efrain Alvarez, who I, I like Efrain, but I don't know that he's a 45-minute player for you, and I don't know that he's going to create a ton of chances. He seems right now to be sort of a later game sub. Give him 25, 30 minutes, maybe not 45 minutes. Um, but Guillermo, for whatever reason, needed to make that sub. So Galaxy burned two subs at halftime. Here's the thing. This game was always going to be about who scored first. And it's very similar to the Sporting Kansas City. All right? Very, very, very similar to the Sporting Kansas City game, except that the Galaxy this time are Sporting Kansas City. Uh, you figured that if if SKC scored that first goal against the Galaxy, if they were able to get ahead against the Galaxy, that that would pull the Galaxy out of this sort of counterattacking, um, you know, defensive stance that they were playing in against Sporting. Um, and that would cause them to sort of... That, game plan to break apart. The same thing happened in this game. Bruce Serena, which by the way, um, got some rounds of applause from some people coming in, but I, you know, I don't know. There's something that seems missing in that for me uh, a little bit. Like, I don't know if you, if you, if you announce Bruce Arena whenever he's walking onto the field, but it just feels like something was missing. You're talking about a guy who brought, you know, three MLS cups, uh, two supporter shields to the LA galaxy during his time coaching, um, you know, coached it through its most successful time in franchise history. And the guy gets a smattering of applause because people don't really even realize he's coming onto the field. Um, So anyway, that's a, that's a Bruce arena side, but Bruce had new England set up perfectly for this. Um, They sat back, they kept their lines back. Um, You know, they had four and five and six guys behind the ball at all times. Um, So you're, you're putting a ton of pressure for the galaxy to have to go in there to possess the ball, which they did galaxy won possession by a wide margin. Um, So they possess the ball. They keep that away from everybody. Right, and then they they go on the counterattack, and it's two and three and four passes that open up the LA Galaxy because one they're overcommitting, which they tend to do at home when they're pressing for goals. Um, they're overcommitting uh, and, and they're causing problems. And, and you look at the goal that was scored wasn't even a counterattack goal, right? That first goal is purely on David Bingham, and it's it's a goal that you haven't seen him give up uh, this year. It was not a good night for for David Bingham. He actually had a a save in the opening 10 minutes where he pushed the ball directly back into the path. And, you know, only because of a, a poor shot, I think even taken by Bumbury or, or it could have been Gill, Gil, whoever it was that sort of floated into the center there. Maybe it was Fagundes, Maybe it was Aguadelo, whoever it was skied it over the top. Um, So that's sort of where you're seeing, um, you know, that, that David Bingham wasn't having his best night. And then he gives up a goal right before halftime. And like I said, the galaxy can't give up goals um, first uh, you can't give it up in this game whoever scored first was going to win this game because if the Galaxy could have scored first you could have pulled New England out of their stance now I don't think Bruce Arena would have been stupid enough to just abandon that counter-attack that he was running but I do think he would have had to take a couple more chances to try to pull level so you could have seen that the Galaxy are 8-0-0 in scoring first Right? There's no coincidence there. When the Galaxy score first, they do well. Score first against Orlando, win the game. Sports, score first against Sporting Kansas City, win the game. Galaxy are 1-6-0 when allowing the first goal. All right, The Galaxy are 5-1-0 when leading at halftime, and the Galaxy are 0-3-0 when leaving, losing at halftime. So giving up that goal right before halftime totally kills any momentum the Galaxy had. Um, and certainly, they had some pressure there in the second half that looked like it was more dangerous. Although, you have to say, New England played very well, again, in that counter attacking position. If you want to know how to win on the road, the Galaxy showed you how to do it, New England showed you how to do it, Colorado showed you how to do it sit back and counterattack on the road. They played it to perfection, and the Galaxy should have been expecting that. That's a, that's a GBS problem. That is an adjustment, and he says they talked about it, but the amount of space that was in the midfield, the amount of space and the amount of players that they were pressing forward was causing huge gaps in that midfield, and the ability for New England to make two or three good passes, use the speed they have, and they were able to just sort of take it right out of the Galaxy's hands. I, I love the positioning of the strikers as well, um, because Zlatan doesn't have speed he doesn't necessarily play this game but i love positioning the strikers for new england which is you know sort of staying on the outside or towards the outside and then making runs towards the middle um staying in the middle making run towards the outside making diagonal runs across the back line uh putting pressure and making guys make decisions that's what you saw new england do perfect they were running the counter attack perfectly the galaxy were getting torn apart but the reason that the galaxy then moved forward is because of that first goal by david bingham allowing that goal to, i mean you know hey Pania gets credit for making the run around stairs on that right-hand side. Uh, it's a good pass in. All of those things are good, but that's an easy shot. It's right down the middle. Um, you know, Bingham let it slip underneath him, and he basically directs it almost back into the goal. Could it have hit the far post? I think it was probably going in on the far side if Bingham doesn't make the save, but he needs to make that save. Uh, and I'll say this. I've been a big defender of David Bingham throughout this year. Uh, he knows that he screwed that up. Uh, I wish that he would have been able to talk to us afterwards. Uh, he was requested to talk after the game, and he declined that. Um, and And that's disappointing because I, I think you would have liked to have heard him and sort of what his mindset is. You know, allowing that goal and sort of because that's the goal that changes the game. That first goal changes that game. Um, and if the Galaxy score that first goal, it's it's the Galaxy win that game. Uh, it, it's really the same against Colorado. If you score the first goal, then you take that team out of the, the set that they're in. Uh, it's why again, galaxy won won against Orlando and sporting Kansas city. It was, it was staying tactically smart in that midfield, staying tactically combined, you know, tactically, uh, condensed, um, on defense and allowing the galaxy to sort of run those counterattacks and tiring out the other team. Uh, This is one of those things that you can see with this counter-attack style and it's the reason it doesn't happen on the road for the galaxies most of the time the galaxy are playing that style Um, I don't know whether they're better at it I certainly like the way that they control possession Um, but a lot of this is possession without purpose and and you need to have a purpose I don't mind coming through the through the outside. Uh, and, and trying to create chances by crossing the ball into the center—that's a good way of doing things. But you need to have other options as well. I think if you're if you're looking for a highlight here, it's that Fabio Alvarez created another two chances on this. So Fabio is is doing his job, I think, pretty well. He's not going to be a total goal scorer, but I like his passes and sort of trying to put Zlatan through. I think that will continue to grow and to continue to, to move forward. I think Antuna got replaced tactically, not because he was, yes, the injury was certainly there, but I, I thought he was, you know, largely ineffective in the first half. Um, and that's not something we've really seen. Now, he went off to play for Mexico in a friendly and, and put in an assist and put in the move and, you know, and help, help Mexico score a goal. I think he's a good player, um, but the Galaxy need to figure out a way to be able to dissect the field when teams are going to sit back. This is all that's going to happen. Teams are going to sit back against them. All right. Now, whenever they sit back, one of the things you can do is, you know, lob Zlatan Ibrahimovic at them, and, and that can work. And you saw Zlatan, you know, hit one of his best goals, you know, outside of probably his debut, um, with the bicycle kick and the overhead. And the fact that that came from a throw-in, uh, for a uh, throw-in from Dan Stares to Chris Pontius to Joe Corona, and then Zlatan creates it, you know, really from 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 not a lot. So all of those things you look at, you see this this galaxy team. This is the same galaxy team that that wins on the road and and now has lost three in a row at home. It's all the same. It's just, it's, it's the way that they go about it. You score the first goal. And if the galaxy score, the first goal, they win games. It's that simple. Um, They're rarely going to come back in games. Uh, maybe if it allows them to, I, I think if you still allow them to sort of play a little bit more of a counter-attacking game, I think the galaxy fit rather well in that, even without speed. I just think they have good finishers and that's, that's why they can do it, but you need to create space. The problem is that with new England condensed, there was no space. Uh, and the galaxy don't create that space whenever they're in their buildup. Um, I think they had 63 or 64 percent possession. I mean, it was—it's way lopsided. It's not even close. Uh, whenever you look at it, but that's—those are the things that you're, you're looking—you're looking at for the Galaxy. Um, this was—this was just so easy to be able to be picked apart, and that's my biggest thing. Um, is that you look at these guys and and you look at what it is, and and I think—and we're gonna have some numbers here. Um, I think I'm just gonna start picking games based upon the schedule how many days rest you had, whether you traveled or not. Um, All of those things matter because right now you're seeing it all across, you know, Major League Soccer is that home teams are losing um, and they're losing when they don't have a bunch of rest. I think the Galaxy were tired. Absolutely. I know people don't want to use that express, but you could see it. You could see them getting tired just as I called it against Sporting Kansas City and watched them get tired through the whole first half. Um, Towards the end of of the first half, you could tell the Galaxy were getting tired. New England really started to ramp up the pressure. They were able to build and it led to that goal. Alright, so that's the thing that you have to look at. That, where is the depth on this roster that allows them to rotate? Could you have rotated people in here? Well, you kind of did, because you didn't start Perry Kitchen, who started against Sporting Kansas City, so you didn't have that. Uh, Kitchen eventually comes into this game, and I actually think opens the galaxy up a little bit, which is strange to think. It pushes Jonathan Dos Santos forward, which is the real reason that Kitchen coming in is almost like an offensive sub, uh, pushing things forward. but the, these are the things that you look at. But the Galaxy have to burn, you know, three subs in 80 minutes here. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, the substitution of, of Sebastian lejet you know, and Chris Pontius probably would have happened, but it probably would have happened in the 65th or 70th minute. Um, does that change things? Maybe. Maybe it does. Uh, Efrain Alvarez, to me, is a little bit of a head-scratcher at halftime, but, you know, again, with Antuna being injured and with him being ineffective, I, I don't mind. 80th minute, when you're losing 2-0, you bring in Perry Kitchen. You look at the bench and who the bench, the, the Galaxy had. They could have brought in, you know, Ima Boateng, I, I guess. That could have been your your saving grace there. It's really offensive whenever you do that, but you're already losing. It's one of those things that you could do. But bringing in Perry Kitchen actually did provide a bit of a pivot for Jonathan Dos Santos to be able to go forward, um, and you saw them them get in it. I mean, you know, Zlatan scores his goal, which is, you know, one of these unbelievable goals in the 84th minute. The Galaxy ping the crossbar in, you know, the 90th plus six with uh, Diego Polenta hitting a rocket. Jonathan Dos Santos was up in the attack at that time. Um, so you look at all of these things and and it's just this is this is just it's crazy. Um, it's crazy, but predictable in the same way that we've seen this Galaxy team play so far this year. I was not surprised whenever you saw the way that they were playing that New England was going to win that game after they scored that first goal. They also had plenty of chances in the first half to score more goals. I I think people said, you know, if that would have been a better team that they would have won, uh, that New England would have won like four to nothing. The Galaxy got two shots on goal, both of them from Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, You know, one was the was the actual goal. Uh, The other one was in the first half, I think, in the 30th minute. Uh, and it wasn't one that necessarily challenged uh, Brad Knighton back there. So Bruce Arena comes in, puts together a good good game plan. I'll agree with with Guillermo Barichelloto a little bit on this. Guillermo said, um, Guillermo said basically, he said that he thought that New England played well. He goes, certainly there were things we did bad, and he's he's not saying it, but you know he was talking about New England. And he said they they didn't do horrible. Um, they played a good game. They played a smart game plan, um, and that's one of the reasons that you can you can sort of see. Um, you know, their success. It's the same success that I think that lots of teams will have being this year with condensed schedules and and being on the road. And playing sort of that bunker defense and looking for the counterattack. All of those things are, are things that every team is going to do coming into Dignity Health Sports Park. And it's the th- same thing that the Galaxy are going to do whenever they go anywhere. They're going to play against FC Cincinnati, um, who just got beat 4-1 to by New York City FC at home. So, you know, FC Cincinnati just lost another home game. They're not a good team. Um, but the Galaxy on the road, um, after some rest against New York City, are against uh, Cincinnati FC Cincinnati. I think you could you could say you know expect the Galaxy to run sort of that same condensed defense and and look to break out on the counter and they'll probably have a lot of success. Um, actually, I think that game was in New York. That what game was in New York? It was on the postage stamp. I remember getting angry about it. Um, anyway, so that's where we go. Uh, let me give you some quotes after this. Uh, this is uh, this is Zlatan Ibrahimovic because he really came up with with I want to say the defining quote and and to us. Uh, the people who talked to us afterwards Gamer Bear uh started this press conference very quickly after the game uh, in fact so quickly I got there about 10 seconds into the first question and I usually end up waiting whenever I go down there for 15 or 20 minutes so uh, I think the anger that was uh, around the team and the frustration around the team. Guillermo came in very quickly and wanted to talk and then get in and and do something else, whether that's go talk to the team or whether that was, you know, just get get away from this game. So Guillermo talked a little bit. Zlatan Ibrahimovic talked to us very quickly as soon as we got into the, to the locker room. Um, And then Jonathan Dos Santos talked to us. Uh, Anybody else we requested, you know, either had uh, other media that they had to accomplish or other, other things that they had to do and they weren't able to talk to us which again I think is disappointing Uh, for a team to lose this game, it was certainly frustrating and you can see it from everybody, but you you really need guys to stand up and talk after games like this. Um, and you need them, you know, that's where you sort of see the leaders. So Zlatan Ibrahimović, again, he talks to us a little bit. Uh, here was his big quote and everybody's eyes perked up whenever he said this. Uh, Zlatan says, maybe this is who we are to be realistic. We have ups and downs and reality will catch you sooner or later. We just have to do our best and fight for it. Uh, Zlatan's saying maybe we are who we are. He's saying maybe we're an inconsistent team. Maybe we're not that good. Maybe we're not as good as we think we are. That's what he's implying in all of that because that's if you listen to what he was talking about before that, he talked about you know the, this game being a simple game, and I agree. It was a simple game. It was simple to understand in terms of tactics. It was simple to understand what the Galaxy needed to do. And again, I think this Galaxy team gets too excited, moves too far forward, creates too much space for counterattacks. Um, You should have right backs and left backs crashing up the sides in order to overlap, in order to create offense. That's how you get overloads on the outside, and all that stuff is supposed to open space. But when they both do it at the same time, whenever you force Jonathan Dos Santos to drop all the way back and basically play defense um, in between two center backs, you're losing something in that formation. So it's one side or the other on this stuff. You can't crash both sides. And I think the Galaxy get impatient and move forward and then create space for the counter. And that's what New England wanted them to do. So you played in a new England's game plan here, but that's what Zlatan was saying. It was a simple game. I tried to have him elaborate on it whenever he said, you know, this game was a simple game. Um, And I said, well, what was simple about it? And he's like, listen, every game is different, you know, blah, blah, blah. He didn't want to really go into the details with it. And I understand sometimes we ask questions. They don't want to answer him. He didn't want to answer it. And and that's fine. But we all, I, I agreed with what he said. It was a simple game. Um, And the galaxy sort of, uh, Sort of fell apart on that Um, you know he says it's very disappointing and very irritating also it was not a difficult game I think everybody was underperforming when you do that it's difficult to get the outcome like we want we had a couple of chances and we didn't utilize the chances we had they got chances and they got goals not difficult goals to score but they scored every game is a new game and today is a completely different game we were playing at home and i felt that we were dominating in the beginning but we let them play and come into the game they score a goal and it's difficult because you have to chase all the time we should have won no excuses we should have won today Um, He also says, uh, we don't have training. We are free for a couple of days. Maybe it's better like that. I think we all have three or four days. Let's go and recover. Take rest. Come back here with a fresh mind to do so. And then he finishes with saying, this is one to forget as soon as possible. Even if you score the goal of the year, this one is one to forget. Um, So yeah, there you go. Uh, that's uh, That's sort of where it was. And again, Bruce Arena did a good job in setting up New England for success, but it's not something the Galaxy couldn't have handled. Um, these are all things and it's not the galaxy playing down to opponents. That's not it either. I don't think they played down to Colorado. I don't think they played down to New England. All right. I think that any team, if you give them the opportunities the Galaxy gave New England or Colorado, those those teams opportunities, if any of those if, if you do that to any team, then that's what you're going to get. You could do that against, you know, against the, let's see, if you do that against LAFC, they'll murder you. Okay? They'll they'll kill you. All right. Any of these top-tier teams, you do that to Seattle, Seattle will beat you. Anybody in Major League Soccer is capable of running the exact simple counter-attacking defensive stand on the road. And if the Galaxy want to figure out how to beat that, they need to be more patient, which is tough. Guess what? One point is better than zero points. All right, But you should be able to get three points against New England. I think that sometimes it's not overconfidence, it's it's arrogance. It's like, oh, well, it's New England, it's three points. But they're not playing down to their level. They're not playing good soccer regardless of who that team is. They're not playing good. Um, anybody's going to be able to exploit that. But let's get a little bit into this because I think this explains a lot. And this is where I was saying I think I'm just going to you know bet the schedule from now on in terms of if I'm really going to pick pick teams to win um, and figure out what the Galaxy are going to do, I'm going to look at the schedule and I'm going to sort of figure it out. Here's what MLS came out with. Basically, they came out with winning percentage home games and points per game home games. All right, and so I'll try to break this down audio for you, um, but basically it comes down to this, um, is that in 2017, let's start with 2017, uh, winning percentage at home, uh, 67.6% of the, uh, uh, of home teams won games, 67.6% winning percentage at home, all right, 67.6%. In 2018, it was 64.6%, so a little bit of a decline. In 2019 right now, through these uh, 16 games the Galaxy have played and all the other teams in Major League Soccer, uh, MLS has sort of put this graph together and is showing it's, six, it's 61.6%. Um, that is, that is, it hasn't been that low since, uh, you'd have to go back to 2011 when only 60% of games were won 68.8% of games were won in terms of the winning percentage at home. So that's something to see the condensed schedule, the parity within the league, the travel, all of those things are affecting everybody. And this is one of the questions that everybody has because the galaxy are in second place in the Western conference. They're in second place in the league. All right, so you can you can moan and whine about all this horrible stuff that the galaxy have done, which it hasn't been good and it hasn't looked good, and you go back and look at their record uh, as of late, it's not good, but you can say all that, and the galaxy are still in second place in the Western Conference, the second place in the league. Okay, the reason is that it's also not going great for a whole bunch of other teams as well. Uh, Certainly, Sporting Kansas City is, you know, decimated. They're usually a top Western Conference team. FC Dallas um, is not the FC Dallas I think that everybody has feared over the last, you know, three or four years. Um, You know, Seattle has played okay. Uh, Outside of, you can go both conferences. Outside of LAFC, the only team that is really playing well right now on a consistent basis is LAFC. Everybody else is sort of waffling in the middle. You know, saying that there's no super teams right now in Major League Soccer is kind of true. Anybody can beat anybody on any day. And it, right now, it almost doesn't matter whether you're home or you're away. All right. And the Galaxy certainly don't have a roster that's deep enough to be able to field, you know, two starting 11s like you see around the world. And so any sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, variance from that starting 11, the best starting 11 outside of a couple players is there's a real downgrade in that. Um, Whether or not that downgrade is sort of, you know, washed away by the fact that the Galaxy have have fresher legs in there. Um, but this is this is really what you're seeing. I mean, this is this is actually what you're seeing within this. So now you go to points per game MLS puts out uh, basically 1.73 points per game at home um, for the home team. All right, 1.73 points per game at home from the home team. I mean, you're talking about 3.0 is a perfect record at home. You're less, you, you know, 1.5 is basically you know, some uh, basically halfway draws, right? A whole bunch of draws at home and and how that goes. And that means there's some wins and there's some losses in there. 1.5, you're slightly above that right now at 1.73. So there is still an advantage to being playing at home, but that advantage with the travel and the condensed schedule is certainly being felt right now, I think, in Major League Soccer. You you have to go back to uh, 2014 had 1.72 points per game at home on average. Um, 2011 had 1.65 points per game at home on average. Um, So, you know, there's, you can't, you can't, this is me telling you, I see it in the schedule and I see it in the rest of the teams. Um, And I see that, you know, you, you, you see the travel affecting these teams and you can almost, again, just look at the schedule, look at how many games have been played in a short amount of time, and then go back and look at those games and who won and who lost. And a lot of times the team with more rest is just winning. That's how it's, whether it's home or away, the team with more rest is winning. That's basically how I think you could you could win right now if you want to bet at Major League Soccer. It's something that I think people are paying attention to, but they're not giving enough credit to, um, because it's certainly in effect across the entire um, in, in, across the entire sort of uh, league right now. Um, and there's just bad games. All right, you saw there's just bad games being played, and, and they're open games, and there's lots of goals being scored, and that's fun. But at the same time, you look at that and say. That's not really where I think, you know, the Galaxy should be sitting. If you want the Galaxy to be a super team, then the depth on the roster needs to be improved. And certainly, Guillermo baro and Dennis DeColosa haven't had all the time to sort of go in there and really reinforce that roster. Uh, they're still playing with, I would imagine, a whole bunch of guys they don't necessarily uh, see as being long-term solutions for the LA Galaxy coming up at the end of this year. So that's going to be interesting, again, to watch that turnover happen. But what happens in the meantime? Uh, the Galaxy, I think, are going to be you know, an up-and-down team. The wins at the beginning of the year and the streak of wins that they had is super important to being able to last them through these more difficult months as they come up because that's, that's gonna, it's going to hit them. Um, I don't think the Galaxy are not a playoff team in Major League Soccer. I don't think the Galaxy are, are below the red line in the Western Conference, but I have a difficult time right now placing them in the Western Conference trying to understand whether or not I believe them, um, whether I believe what I see, which is I see a team that's incomplete. I see a team that struggles to create offense. I see a team that has tons of possession but no purpose with it. Um, and, and I, I sometimes see a tactically lost and, and tactically uh, you know misunderstanding LA Galaxy team. I mean, everybody in the press box could see that New England was going to sit back and try to counter, and so your ability to overcommit is just going to help them, and I think the Galaxy love to overcommit, and maybe that's Guillermo. Maybe that's Guillermo as a striker, wanting to score goals, wanting to play beautiful offensive soccer. That's great, but grind out some draws, too. Uh, what, the Galaxy have uh, one draw on the year? One draw, one draw in the year. Is that right? I, I'll, I'll look it up here a little bit later. But anyway, yeah. As you as you look at it, that's there should have been more grind out sort of draws, um, and that's that's what you're going to see. Um, that's what I'd like to see the Galaxy advance on. Those losses need to become draws. Um, that if you can do that, if you can eliminate those losses and you make those draws, you are on your way to winning an MLS Cup. Um, certainly on your way to finishing very high in the league table. Uh, the LA Galaxy schedule was was very very open here. Uh, Monday through Thursday, they head off Friday, um, which will be tomorrow as we're recording and recording on Thursday night. Friday at 10 a.m., they will again train. There's training on Saturday, training on Sunday. I like how they don't give a time for training, but they're definitely training on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, And then Monday, they'll be back out there at 10 a.m. That's when our schedule sort of stops, and then uh, it'll go back and start on Tuesday. Again, that Wednesday, June 12th, uh, U.S. Open Cup game is is coming up as well. Now, uh, let's see. Let's go to international call-ups as well. Uh, We told you that as many as five LA Galaxy players were expected to be gone. We now know that as we sit right now and as it looks like it's going to hold, only three of those players will actually go. Jonathan Dos Santos has been officially named a 23-man roster for Mexico for the Gold Cup. Uh, Giancarlo Gonzalez with Costa Rica, um, also a Gold Cup call-up there. Uh, Rolf Felcher down with Venezuela, despite the fact that Rolf is hurt They believe that he will be healthy in time to be able to still make a dent in that tournament, and so they are going to name him, it looks like, to that roster as well. So as of right now, we're not expecting Rolf Felcher to come back, and that is obviously down with uh, Copa America and that that cup going on. The two that we thought were going to go that now have had a turn. Of course, are Sebastian Legette who didn't get called into the U S men's national team that left hamstring injury. We don't know. And we don't have an update with the team being off for the last four days. uh, We don't know what the severity of Sebastian Legette's injury is, but we know that it's enough that Greg Berhalter did not want to put him on that team. And I think that Berhalter was very much counting on Sebastian Legette to be on that team because um, he can fill multiple positions for them. Uh, in fact, Burhalter even came out and said um, that whenever they left uh, Josh Sargent off the team, uh, it was really because of LeJet. Uh, and this was Burhalter said, uh, this was the most dis- difficult decision we had to make. When LeJet went down, we saw him as depth for attacking midfield and winger. When he got injured, it threw a wrench in our plans. We didn't feel we could carry three forwards anymore. <clears throat> All right, so that the uh, legit's injury uh really uh, you know hampered the US men's national team and it, it sounds like it cost Josh Sargent uh, you know a place on the US men's national team which is interesting so uh legit back with the LA Galaxy left hamstring injury uh the severity unknown likely that uh, we might get some updates here, but the the media availability is usually two days before a game. So you're looking at a Monday um, before we really see or hear anything from that. And and we'll try to keep our, our sort of ears pressed and, and figure out what that is. The other player who came back is Uriel Antuna uh, returning to the galaxy after almost making this Mexican team, this Mexican national team for the Gold Cup. Um, There was an injury to Edson Alvarez, um, and when that happened in the friendly, uh, I believe on, let's see, what was that, Wednesday? Excuse me, Wednesday night? Was that just Wednesday? I think it was just one Wednesday. Uh, the friendly on Wednesday night uh, that, that Mexico ended up winning, uh, Antuna had an assist in that and made, it, made a good play, but there was an injury to Edson Alvarez, um, and they thought that if that Alvarez uh, injury would keep him out of the game, then Uriel Antuna would make the squad. It seems like that it was just a precautionary exit for Alvarez now. Um, Edson Alvarez seems like he's fine, which means that Uriel Antuna looks like he will be staying with the LA Galaxy. Now, there's a caveat to that, that if there is a an emergency call-up, it looks like Uriel, uh, Uriel Antuna is that next guy. So if there's an emergency injury call-up, which they can from the list of 28, I believe that they submitted to CONCACAF for the Gold Cup, um, then Antuna would be that guy probably and he would he would then go and join Mexico. So not completely out of the woods yet if you're looking at the LA Galaxy um, and on what they have. But only three players gone, Jonathan Dos Santos, Giancarlo Gonzalez, and Rolf Felcher. Now it's expected that I, I would imagine Jonathan Dos Santos is still going to miss even whenever the Galaxy go back into uh, into playing. Venezuela, we'll have to see how they do in Copa America, whether or not they're going to a ton of games, um, but basically these tournaments all start on the 15th, on, on June 14th and 15th, and whenever that happens, you're then going to see whether or not the LA Galaxy will be missing players, and how long they'll be missing players, and people making it through group rounds, you know, group stages, then into quarterfinals and semifinals, and that will keep some of these guys out of there. Um, I think it might make the LA Galaxy's defensive decisions maybe a little bit easier with uh, Giancarlo Gonzalez gone, uh, Dan Steris and Diego Polenta can certainly play back there, uh, Shelvic on one side, but you know, you're still missing a right back and so whether or not uh, 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 Julian Araujo uh, can make it back from the U20s as they're in the quarterfinals right now the U20 World Cup for the US um, whether Araujo comes back and plays will sort of determine that I think we're going to see him return before the Galaxy end up having to play some of these other ones Um, let's see do, 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 do. Let's go through some other stuff. Uh, we talked about the U.S. Open Cup draw in the fourth round. We already told you that they're playing OCFC. Uh, well, there, there's—I'll talk a little bit here in a second about you know the free tickets and that more, and more of those things. But I just want to make sure that we we got through that um, with the international call-ups. All right, here's some other LA Galaxy news. I guarantee, unless you were following me on Twitter, you haven't heard yet. Um, that's right. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic has been named for uh, a finalist for two awards. Um, It's Nickelodeon's Kids' Choice Sports Awards. uh, The 2019 version premiering Saturday, August 10th at 8 p.m. Zlatan Ibrahimovic in two categories because you needed to know these categories. Uh, Favorite soccer star is one of them. Alex Morgan uh, is in there. Carly Lloyd, Carlos Vela, Lionel Messi. And then, of course, Zlatan Ibrahimovic for favorite soccer star. And then my favorite category, as you know, because we really here, we try to keep up with the kids, Uh, Sickest Moves. He's nominated for sickest moves. Uh, Alex Morgan in there. Carly Lloyd. Russell Westbrook. Um, let's see who else. And then Zlatan Ibrahimovic. There's a couple other people there who I have no idea NFL and 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 NBA. I just you know I have enough a galaxy in my in my mind. I I, I know nothing. Um. So uh, those are the two categories there. The uh, Michael Strahan Michael Strahan is going to host the Nickelodeons Kids choice sports 2019 uh again coming up at 8 p.m serena williams steph curry james harden lebron james carly lloyd tom brady alex morgan um, all our top lists of nominees and so the voting begins today if you want to get on that i don't know why you would but if you want to uh www.nickplay.com and who says the www anymore I have no idea. Uh, we already talked about the injuries. Ramon Alisson out until September. Uh, Didi Drogba still have not seen him back and healthy, and so he will continue to be on this list. And then we have Sebastian Legette with the left hamstring. Rolf Felcher uh, with the abductor injury. Um, so that's sort of where, <clears throat> excuse me, that's sort of where we sit on those injuries um, as those uh, stand. We don't have great info right now on Legette and how serious that is. But again, expecting more of that this week as it, as it be, sort of becomes available. Alright. I've been looking forward to this one. This has been my this has been the one only because I'm tired of talking about this. This is gonna be like the new pato thing. Um, but there is rumor out there right now. And I'm sure for most of you you've spent time um researching this rumor and you can't wait for uh Christian Pavon, uh Pavon, excuse me, Pavon to come in and play for the LA Galaxy. Uh there's lots of reports coming out. That said that Guillermo Barra Scalotto has made it clear that he's determined to sign the 23-year-old Boca Juniors winger, Pavon. Uh, Pavon has been subject to interest of Europe for years. I've seen all these things. I go out there. So here's the deal. Transfer market has him, at one point in 2018, listed at about $20 million. That's a lot of money. Cool, but a lot of money. Um right now there seems to be that the galaxy are talking you know in the 12 or 13 million dollar range if you believe these rumors uh, that's a lot of money but probably within the market share or the or, or the you know the the market price of uh, of what pavon would go for um, he's a guy who who does well on the wing he scores goals he creates assists I mean all these things are good I listen if you're asking me whether or not the galaxy should go after a player like pavon I'm gonna tell you right now um, yeah they should should absolutely do it um so you know but here's the problem with that so 12 to 13 million dollars um last i checked the mls roster rules uh don't allow you one to have another international because the galaxy already have 10 and 10 spots taken and and how would you clear that up and then also at 12 or 13 million dollars uh pavone is going to be a designated player uh even if you try to say okay they're going to get him on loan for six months which maybe if you can make that deal happen Holy geez! Yeah, go ahead and pull the trigger. You know, however you can do that. Um, you're gonna have to loan somebody out in order to get an international slot back in order to do it. But why would you? Why would you not do that? That's that seems unlikely. Why would Boca Juniors come in there and just loan him out for six months at a? I'm guessing is a fairly like low rate um, in order for the Galaxy to be able to afford him under the salary cap. So that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, y- you you have three designated players. You're back into the designated players a- again. Um, all of these things as you're looking at, it's tough to sort of figure out a way for the Galaxy to be able to bring them in. So until anybody can clear that up, and, and listen, the, the best way to do that is to figure out a way to, to move Ramon Alessandrini, who is injured, who's not going to be able to play until September, who you might be able to sell to, you know, a French team who is going to look for somebody to come in whenever the season starts and he'll be healthy enough, you know, for the that he'll miss the first couple of months in the season... I mean, if you're moving him basically for free because you know you want Pavone, you clear Alessandrini's contract, you do it. Yeah, can you do it in the summer? Uh, it seems almost impossible to try to move an injured player, but could you do it? Maybe. Maybe somebody would be willing to take a chance on him. Um, and, and that's what you have to have to sort of try to figure out. I'll be honest, if Dennis Toclosa can pull that off, if he can sell an injured player or if he can transfer an injured player for free, opening that up in the summertime in order to get Pavone, Pavone, in this, I, yeah, why wouldn't you do it? But there's no way, and there's no current way, and by the way, all the people saying, put him on the season-ending injury list. Nope, that doesn't work. Nope, they they need the cap relief from that as well, all right? And right now, uh, Roman Alessandrini is a designated player is costing them $530,000 against the cap because designated players cost that much. So you need that cap money. There's no way the Galaxy can eat five hundred and thirty dollars and then also sign somebody like Pavone. I just, it, it would boggle my mind if the Galaxy aren't already basically hard up against that cap. So trying to figure it out um, and trying to figure out where that goes, that's, it's it's not about the money. I, I'm, hey, I don't care if you pay $100 million for a player. AEG has the money, I don't care. That's fine, go pay $100 million for a player. But bringing him onto the roster still requires you to follow the roster rules. Um, and because they can't, because the Galaxy can't without moving Roman Alessandrini, um, this one's hard to believe. Now, could, this makes more sense to me for winter, and them trying to work something for winter. I mean, somebody even suggested on Twitter is like, "Hey, get them now, and then loan them out for six months, and so that way you can have them in winter." And you know, Boca wants to sell now. You know, give them their money now. Uh, the other thing about this is that Boca just lost another final. They lost the final last year, and that's sort of what sent Guillermo uh free from that particular uh, coaching job. Um, and because of all of that, these rumors also feel like a bit of panic. Um, from people saying every, you know, I think Benedetto was also mentioned in some of the rumors again. and He's been mentioned so many times for the Galaxy. Um, but right now there's no mechanism to bring Pavon onto this LA Galaxy team. You figure out a way to do it, then yeah, I can start believing this rumor. But I'll be honest, people are, are laughing at me. Um, they're, they're laughing whenever I ask. So, you know, sometimes that means that just hasn't got to that level. I mean, it seems like, you know, that, that people who are talking about this and it, it's a lot of, you know, the Argentinian newspapers and uh, Argentine, excuse me, Argentine newspapers um, and, and what they're trying to do there. It just it feels like I there's not a firm grasp on these rumors. And one of the first things I always tell you when listening to rumors is, does it make sense? The Galaxy need a right? W- a- yes. Why wouldn't you bring him in? 23 year old. Yes, that makes sense. So we're past that initial. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. But then you it stops making sense when you have to figure out how to bring him onto that team. So that's where, that's where I have the issue. So for right now, Pavone for me is a no-go. Um, it's not happening. Um, and I think that you could see that, that, that it's somebody that the galaxy might go after when they have those spots freed up. And, and Ramon Alessandrini's contract coming up. I think, uh, I think uh, Legette's contract is coming up. I think Shelvick's contract is coming up. Um, I think parrot Kitchen's contract might also be up. So when you look at all those, you can say, okay, there's going to be some room to move on this LA Galaxy team in the winter time. But winter isn't always the best time to get players either. That winter transfer window for for other teams doesn't always work. So can you strike now if Pavone is really on the on the block, if you can go get him? Is there a way that you can figure out how to get him? And I'm sure Dennis DeCloso is trying to figure that out because that's what I would be doing is trying to figure out how to make that work and that means trying to shop an injured Ramon Alessandrini which sounds impossible. All right, Uh, standings real fast before we sort of wrap things up here at the end, and I have some questions to answer as well, so I want to get to those. Uh, The Western Conference uh, dominated right now by LAFC, 37 points, 16 games played. LA Galaxy, 28 points, 16 games played. Seattle, 26 points, 16 games played. Houston, 24 points, 13 games played. If you're looking at points per game, Houston would jump over the LA Galaxy and be in second if they had played three more games and and done a consistent job of keeping that same points per game total. Um, At the very bottom is the Colorado Rapids, who just beat the LA Galaxy not too long ago, um, and they have uh, 12 points and .8 points per game right now. Uh, On the Eastern side, Eastern Conference uh, is being led by the Philadelphia Union. I still stand by it. I think one of the best wins the Galaxy had was against the Philadelphia Union this year. 28 points right now, uh, 1.75 points per game, 16 um, games played, so basically tied with the LA Galaxy on the Eastern side. uh, Montreal Impact 27, DC United 27, Atlanta United 26, New York Red Bulls 24, New York City FC 23. Um, Let's see. Toronto FC at 18, and then the bottom dweller, FC Cincinnati, which is the next league game for the LA Galaxy, away to FC Cincinnati on June 22nd, so keep an eye on that. Galaxy still second in the Supporters Shield, and again, Noisy Neighbors, Los Angeles FC. Uh, 37 points now and 2.31 points per game. Uh, a 20, a, a plus 26 goal differential. If there, there's one team that's running away. They're doing the Atlanta thing. Uh, maybe this is the thing. Now you come into the league and in two years in your second year is when you really hit your stride and figure it out. I don't know. Um, it's certainly interesting how it goes. Um, with all that, there are still games being played, by the way. I mentioned that FC Cincinnati and New York City had just played a game on Thursday night. On Friday night, it's Toronto hosting Sporting Kansas City. This Saturday, you have the Earthquakes <coughs> excuse me, hosting FC Dallas You have the Philadelphia Union hosting the New York Red Bulls. And you have the Colorado Rapids hosting Minnesota United. And then it basically goes into the Open Cup games. The Open Cup game for the LA Galaxy is the next one up. Wednesday, June 12th, uh, Dignity Health Sports Park at the Track and Field Stadium, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. You got free tickets. I already said it. You need to get a hold of Jamie um, and you need to make sure that that if you're not going to use those free tickets, that you do something and give them to somebody in order to help somebody else out. That's the nice thing to do, right? That's what you would want to do if if you were in that position. So, um... On Twitter, at JMBacon21. Uh, you can also find Jamie on, on Facebook and some of the Galaxy Facebook groups as well. Uh, if you're not on either of those and you know, you're know you on Reddit or, or some of those, just find a place where you get to talk Galaxy all the time. I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm on Facebook. I'm in three different LA Galaxy Facebook groups. I'm in LA Galaxy Reddit. I'm on Twitter all the time, so all those. But at JMBacon21, if you're looking for U.S. Open Cup ticks and you want three ones, send a note to Jamie as well. Maybe she'll have some for you, but I'm a big proponent of this. Um, You know, I think that sometimes the U S open cup really gets shorted here in the U S for a tournament that really could have all of the same sort of mystique as like the NCAA tournament has. Um, But you have some of these, these lower teams, you have a guys like orange County FC coming in and there's a chance that Zlatan Ibrahimović could be on the, on the field playing against orange County FC. Um, That's, that's hysterical and awesome. And everything else. I mean the only thing that would make this better is if the Galaxy had to go to Orange County FC to play that game. I'm actually a big proponent of of the MLS teams having to travel to the lower level teams in order to play some of these games because I think the atmosphere there is just it's so different and it's 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 unique to what the US Open Cup could bring. Um, So anyway, so that's what the Galaxy have. Uh, If we're looking at the schedule there from anywhere else, uh, Saturday, June 22nd is, of course, against FC Cincinnati away, then away to San Jose on June 29th. Uh, Condensed schedule alert, June 29th to July 4th. Um, So that's going to be a tight one. And July 4th, the LA Galaxy hosts Toronto FC at Dignity Health Sports Park on July 4th. That one's always interesting. Uh, Then then home to the San Jose Earthquakes. So two San Jose Earthquakes games in about 13 days. Uh, Condensed schedule alert. Um, And then, of course, it is Friday, July 19th, hosting LAFC at Dignity Health Sports Park broadcast on ESPN. That's a 7 p.m. kickoff on a Friday, which will be almost impossible to get to. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, And then you're going to have the Leagues Cup, which we've talked about, which is totally ridiculous. Tuesday, July 23rd, on my birthday. Apparently, my birthday, they want to make a mockery out of Major League Soccer. So that's what they're going to do. Tuesday, July 23rd, against uh, Club Tijuana at Dignity Health Sports Park. Uh, right there, and then the finish off July, it is away to Portland, um, Saturday, July 27th, 7.30 p.m. kickoff time. All right, so that's sort of where we sit right now. Um, that's where the LA Galaxy are. Uh, that's where we sort of sit in this international break. There's a bunch of stuff going on, but until these guys start training again, we're not going to have sort of the full insight into exactly what we're seeing everywhere and how it's going to go. Um, let's see. I have some questions, so let's get to them. Um, Alvaro writes in on tw- on Twitter and says, "With uh, Chris Klein passing, or yeah, with Chris Klein passing on Bruce Arena, if the Revs get a title before the G's do, do, does that give AEG a reason to fire Chris Klein? What would you guys do if the decision was yours to make? Um, listen, uh, that whole Bruce Arena and LA Galaxy thing—I've always said it. I think Bruce could have come back and and fixed the LA Galaxy." Um, having said that, I I think the Galaxy did well and not sort of hitching their wagon to Caleb Porter. Um, I think the Guillermo Vercicoloto is a, is 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 a different coach than Bruce Arena. Um, I don't know if he it's going to be difficult to be as good as Bruce Arena. Um, very difficult. I think that the GBS has a lot to learn right now about this galaxy team and about major league soccer and about how to sort of handle the schedule. But guess what? I mean, he's not doing anything all the other coaches aren't doing either. So even the guys who have been here forever are still struggling with this right now. And remember that condensed schedule was put together because, um, One, the Gold Cup is is certainly a reason for the condensed schedule because you're taking basically 21 days out of the schedule for for some teams, which is a lot. You know, that's three games that you're taking out of there and you're having to play those midweek and in, in between things. But they're also condensing it on the other side for the playoffs because nobody likes to play in the playoffs and then get right into the heart of the playoffs and then go into that international break. And so the schedule is set up to allow for the end of the season and decision day to happen and then for the international break to, to, to hit and then for everybody to start playing in the playoffs and play all the way through and be finished before the next international break comes about. That's why this, this condensed schedule is there. So, you know, I, I think right now um, I think Chris Klein has stepped back and he's really given the reins over to Dennis Declosa and to Guillermo baruch And I think that's probably what has saved his job. Um, and it's probably the smart thing to do is really to step back and not put his hands inside you know the football operations side on that is more team operations and doing that so uh let's see let's get to uh, another question from uh specimen on twitter i love all these names i'll never get these right um chris pontius is clutch this was the chris pontius question uh chris pontius's clutch may not always score but his experience is always a threat why would they not start him regularly i think they should uh, with Sebastian Legette certainly not hitting on all cylinders so far this season. I don't know why you wouldn't start uh, Chris Pontius more regularly. He's a little bit older. You're going to have to manage minutes a little bit more. He's also a pretty good sub to come off the bench. I like it whenever you can bring in Boateng and Pontius off the bench to sort of give your outside wingers, um, you know, some offensive sort of spurts there. I wouldn't mind seeing Chris Pontius come off the bench and then play up top with Zlatan Ibrahimovic a lot more. I, I, I like that look and I normally don't like that look. Um, so for me, it seemed to be a, uh, seem to be something there so maybe he should start more Um, I don't have a definitive answer for you except that sometimes you want a guy to come off the bench and make an impact Chris Pontius is that guy right now He, he certainly can be that guy excuse me um Get to some questions real quick on uh, on Reddit. Uh, Galaxy Fian89, the Galaxy sits second in the West and tied second in the Supporters Shield as well as Zlatan being second in the league in goals scored. If you had told me at the beginning of the season that this was where we'd be at the, during the international break, I would have been very happy and probably not believed you. Even so, there's a sentiment that the Galaxy and maybe to a slightly lesser extent Zlatan have underperformed so far. Given the season so far, injuries, acquisitions and all, do you think the Galaxy and Zlatan are exceeding expectations, meeting or falling short? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, do I think that they're meeting expectations? I think that if you're realistic about what those expectations are, yeah, they're meeting expectations. Um, where they're at right now, understanding that this really is a rebuilding year again for, for the Galaxy, um, that Guillermo Barrascota is trying to bring his guys in and establish how he wants to play all those things are sort of coming. I think they're meeting and maybe even exceeding expectations. Um, I think that when you watch them play on a regular basis and you see how good they have been in tiny little spurts, um, then maybe you can go to that falling short. I think that Zlatan has actually fallen short. Uh, you look at that and you go back and look at his goal scoring record, but I think he's been uninterested in some of the seasons this far in some of the games this far. Um, And I don't know what his reasoning, you know, so Zlatan says, you know, maybe we're, maybe we are what we are, right? Maybe, maybe we're just an inconsistent team. You just sort of paraphrase what he was trying to say. Um, What's he trying to do with those comments too? I mean, that's a whole question of its own. Is he trying to motivate guys? Because they didn't feel very motivational. Was he trying to challenge people? Because they didn't feel challenging. They felt resigned. Um, and I don't think you want to resign Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I think you want a, 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 a focus Zlatan Ibrahimović, a guy who wants to go out there and make that stuff. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, what do you make of Zlatan's recent attitude? Here we go. So again, uh, and Miranda says, what do you make of Zlatan's recent attitude? Is there anything to the Pav- Pavon rumors? Pavone, we've covered Zlatan's attitude. I think I covered a little bit there. Um, indifference, which is a weird Zlatan Ibrahimović sort of attitude to have. Uh, talking to the man... Who, by the way, he's always so nice whenever I ask questions. I think sometimes I, I I have a good idea for a question, then I ask it, and I'm like, ah, that's a stupid question. And the man always answers my, my stupid questions, which is always nice. Um, and and he tries to give me, I really feel like he tries to give me answers. Um, whether or not that means he likes me or not, I have no idea. Um, he's gigantic, and he could snap me like a twig if we really wanted to. But we are basically the same age. We're Pierce, which makes me feel uh, totally inadequate. Stand next to Zlatan Ibrahimovic all the time and, and see how, what that does for your self-confidence. Um. I think it's indifference, and I think that's scary if you're the LA Galaxy. I think you need to find a reason to sort of make Zlatan want to play. Um, Otherwise, I mean, he's gone at the end of the season. I don't see a lot of, um, right now at least, I don't see a lot of uh, want for the Galaxy to sort of have him next year. But of course, they're always going to go year by year. And I don't right now feel like Zlatan Ibrahimovic wants to stay another year. So that indifference has to turn into focus and has to turn into scoring goals. And if not, if he doesn't have that same sort of determination, that fire, is it because he's getting older? Is it because he's not interested? Is it because of the way the Galaxy are playing? What is it? Um, so that's that's sort of where I see Zlatan's attitude. Um, let's see. Uh, M-A-H-S-U-L-E. I have no idea how to say that It's probably not nice or something. I probably said something bad. I apologize. Uh, But basically, uh, this person says, hey, Josh, with the Portuguese League and season ending soon, can we see Joao Pedro back with the team? No. Uh, I'm sure Hammer and I would be interested in seeing him play again. Then you can watch him in the Portuguese League. That dude ain't coming back. Um, They don't have the roster space for him. They don't have the international slot for him. That dude ain't never coming back. He's gone. Um, And then final question that we have is, uh, hey, Josh, do you think the team is waiting for the second half of the season to turn it up? I think the LA Galaxy are surviving game by game. I think they are surviving game by game right now. Um, I don't think that there is an ability for them to turn it on right now, and that's not a knock against them. I just don't think that they have that they're good enough to be like, oh yeah, we're just going to click it on. This isn't the Bruce Arena teams that you knew were sort of sandbagging the rest of the league whenever they were coming in in 2012, especially, um, you know, where you're like, oh, don't worry, we're gonna, they're going to make a late run. Um, that type of thing. That doesn't feel like this at all. So I would say that uh, they're surviving. And this you know the second half of the schedule gets more difficult with the teams they're playing. Um, but again, with condensed schedule, I don't know how to view that. I think it's more important now to see how many days rest teams have than anything else um, that sort of determines how well the Galaxy are going to play or how well any team is going to play against the LA Galaxy. Um, so I think if you can sort of figure that out, uh, it would be interesting for somebody to run like, you know, betting lines and sort of bet on bet, uh, on that schedule and see how it goes, because I think you could, you could figure out sort of at least this year, uh, what the, what MLS is sort of trending towards, which is all these things. All right. Oh, I think we're good. I think that's where we're at. Uh, the LA galaxy is still off. No game this weekend. Uh, we'll have another show on Monday. Uh, the Panda is in France. Uh, which is always fun. He's covering the women's world cup. So, uh, keep your eye on his Twitter feed for all the fun stuff like that. He immediately went to France and found the Mexican food restaurant that he wanted because Kevin loves Mexican food and he doesn't want to go into any country. Um, if there's not Mexican food, so he's there. Um, but again, the uh, we'll have a show on on Monday. It'll probably be me again. Uh, we'll sort of see how that goes and, and how that runs. And then we'll have a live show on next Thursday as well. So back to our regular scheduled program. Just took a little bit off on Monday night, last Monday night. So glad we could get back and, and sort of get everybody here and ready for everything. Um want to thank everybody in the chat room. Did a great job. Um, keeping me entertained and, and certainly keeping uh, keeping me on my toes. It's always nice to know that I'm not just like sitting here doing it alone, um, which can sometimes also feel that way as well. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at J Guessman, J G U E S M A N. Of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to corner for all of our articles, all of the news, Galaxy news. And of course, all of our podcasts right there, all of our merchandise there as well cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right, I think that about does it. Galaxy play a game on Wednesday, June twelfth, U.S. Open Cup. Get those free tickets out. You're not going to use those free tickets. You give those free tickets away. You give those free tickets away. Let people go to the games. All right, all right. I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody.
0: You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.